Welcome to Tea Talks. I am your host, Ethan Turr, and with me is my co-host, Timmy. What up, guys? This is Tim Elkana, and you heard from Ethan Turr. Welcome to Tea Talks. You know, when you did that, I just thought of South Park, the Timmy. Do you know that character? That's what I was going for, yeah. Timmy. I just saw that South Park. Do you see the, uh, the new Pandemic episode? No, no, I actually don't watch South Park. You don't. Well, it bus was... driver quoted it to me. That's how I knew it. Okay. Well, I I watch South Park like almost religiously, which is funny because they're very anti-religion. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that episode was great. They did. They went over Trump, the anti-masks, QAnon. Like it was just everything is perfect. Um, so highly a lot to cover. I know it's perfect. Um, okay, cool. So we have a lot to catch up with. This is our first tea talk with just us no guests um so lots of bantering probably shit talking whatever we usually do when a lot of mad shit talk yeah i think we're planning on taking a love language test today so for all you lovers out there who want to know more about how to talk to us in a special language that we like is that how it works (laughs) it's uh I, I think so. I mean, I've never taken the love language test, but I know you're pretty in tune with your your inner Aphrodite, Ethan. My inner Aphrodite. That's that's a nice way of slut shaming me. But <laughs> <laughs> we don't we don't slut shame here. That's We're right. all about that body positivity and sexual activity positivity. No, I'm very in tune with myself, especially since I have not been around other people for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> so. it, it, it has been half a year. Or yeah. one and a half years. I, you know, I wonder if my test has changed because I haven't had physical touch in such a long time. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the love that's, you know, prioritized on the list now? Yeah, maybe or would you say it's gone the other way? Yeah. Is it, it's either the one I crave the most now or the one that I just like don't expect anymore. I don't know. So you just uh, want words of affirmation. You just want, you just want a nice tap on the head and a good boy every now and then. I guess, I guess we'll see. We're going to save that for the later in the episode. Um, but yeah, where, where should we start? I feel like there's a lot to cover. Um, 2021, how do you think it's going so far? We're already almost in April, so better than 2020? Man, that's a... <laughs> 2020 is <laughs> a tough one to beat. Um, I, think, I think it's all right. You know, I think 2021, a lot of the fears and just national security concerns fell away when the election came about. Um, so that at least that's just one worry off the table. Um, but man, people aren't getting vaccinated fast enough. People are anti-vax still, anti-masks, which, I mean, this is 2021. I don't know how you can be that way um, in this day and age. So would you say your uh, humanity is still pretty low? <laughs> I'd say, I mean, yeah, like, look, here at the end of the day, here's what's going on, right? I'm not for eugenics, but if you're not going to wear a mask and you die out, I'm not saying I'm not against that. Well, that's natural selection. That's not eugenics. I mean, I guess it's a form of eugenics maybe, but it's a what like self-imposed eugenics. It's like, I'm smarter, AKA I'm not wearing a mask, AKA it's hospital fees and you know, funeral fees. I guess if you don't listen to like the healthcare um, professionals, then you're basically asking for it kind of like, Yeah. I, I can agree with that. Um, I will say the your election thing, like, yes, the outcome may have been pro-Biden at the end, but the Capitol riot happened in January. So that's that started this year. I think that has to, like, be taken into account when you're thinking about this year versus last year. <laughs> oh, for sure, yeah. What, like, an attack on our democracy at the very first start of the year. Like, insane. Yeah. And then, like, Texas shut down. Like, we still got all the climate change stuff. <laughs> so probably more of that to look forward to this year. Um, oh, what man. else? What about the positive? What the about po- the happy stuff? Let's see, is there happy stuff? Um, I mean, <laughs> you have, I think, what did Biden hit, like, the 100 million vaccine milestone, like, 46 days earlier than expected. So yeah. um, that's positive. I mean, I got my first vaccine couple days ago so i would say i'm looking forward to at least my own health and safety (laughs) i can't i can't speak to the country but i can speak for myself so you'll be fine everyone's dying out you got the first shot you're 100 fine 
well, I, I hope the, the second shot comes soon. But yeah, I'm looking forward to not having to worry as much about dying from COVID. That would be great. Yeah. Wait, when do you get the second shot? Do they tell you? Yeah, my second shot, it's in like early April is when it's scheduled. And then you have to wait two weeks for all the antibodies to like, you know, take effect. So I won't be like fully vaccinated um, until like mid to late April. But okay. Better that than not at all. So, hey, just in time for our Vegas trip, right? Yeah, right. Just uh, well, I still I'm gonna like wear my mask around people because people are generally still spreading COVID. <laughs> like, right. I mean, you can still get COVID even with the vaccine. It's just like very low chance, right? Right. The effectiveness, like it all. There's here. I, this would be actually an interesting conversation. I've looked into this. Do you know much about like how vaccines work and like? that 95% effective rate, how they figure that out. So how, how does that work? I just know it at a very base level. Yeah, I, I, so I will preface this by saying I went down a Reddit rabbit hole, so I don't know exactly how um, credible my opinions are on this, but um, basically the way they explained it to me is that number comes from a study that they, like Pfizer, Moderna, they, they do all these studies to show like how effective it is in like human trials. And so they pick a group of people and then they pick another group of people. One group gets the placebo, the other group gets the actual vaccine. And then you're supposed to, in theory, factor out for all the variables, right? So theoretically, the best way you could do this is with like twins, right? But that's not gonna happen. Ah, Joseph Um, Mangele, love it. (laughs) Yeah, but what happens is like they pick the group, like usually it's like healthcare professionals, like that's what I've heard. And those people are like, get exposed to COVID more than most. And so if the placebo group like doesn't get a lot of COVID, then the like vaccine that they're comparing against, like that's how they get that number 95% effective. So if there's, you know, a hundred cases or I'm going to mess up all the numbers, but it's like, there's a thousand people in each group, right? Or maybe I should keep it easier. hundred people in each group. Okay. And five people get COVID, or was it 10 people get COVID in like the placebo group, and then five people get it in the uh, vaccine group, then that's how they are like, oh, it's this much more effective. So they just compare the two. And so when you think about it that way, it's hard to like extrapolate that number out to the general public. You know, I feel like it's, it's not the best way of, um, figuring out the actual effective effectiveness it's like one number the efficacy number is another thing but that's a lot harder to figure out so i maybe i've lost a lot of people but i think the point is like it's better to be vaccinated than not but it's also like i'm skeptical that it's as effective as they say it is makes sense yeah i mean this is also the people running the tests are the ones producing it it's it's not like these clinical tests get outsourced somewhere it's drug makers test the drugs right and it was fast-tracked also because you know covid they want to make sure everyone's vaccinated so it's probably better just be safe forever and never touch or interact with anyone without a mask ever again (laughs) that's it this is the new normal guys welcome it's here to stay i know i hope you're used to zoom because virtual interactions is where it's going to be maybe vr will be the We'll all be in the VR world much sooner than we realize. Yeah. Ready player 6 billion, right? Mm. Well, this is a good segue. Our friend Cam Weezy is uh, starting a VR world of his own. Um, have you heard about this? Is he? he? <laughs> yeah. He, I mean, you've, you've probably heard of Build the Future, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the competing podcast, some may say. <laughs> competing podcast, yeah. Um, yeah, he actually paid me to like help him produce that podcast like last year. So that's how I got started with like my podcast work was because of him. Um, and so he's like talking, he interviews like other people who are building the future. Um, but now he's like switching gears to uh, an actual like world's fair. So he wants to recreate the world's fair of like the 1920s into present day. And so he's doing that with like a virtual experience. Um, and he just posted about it on his social media. So that's a, it's a fun little tidbit. There. That's tight. 
That's awesome. World's Fair is dope. I feel like I remember reading that in the history books um, as like one of my favorite events in history. I think it was just such a dope time of innovation and, you know, sharing knowledge. Um, how is it different from a conference nowadays? World Fair back then, I get it, you know, large scale, lots of crazy inventions. Now you have things like CES, you have uh, at least really for the electronic space, you get all these different expos showing tech, South by Southwest, all this stuff. Is this different? Yeah, someone asked that on like the, um, I don't know, I think it was the LinkedIn post or whatever. And Cam replied saying that he imagines like his would be like the umbrella that like encompasses all of those like conferences. So like more of like a city, um, a cityscape where like you're just constantly like inspired by all the like cool innovations. Um, I think he, you know, it's Cam. So he's a little bit more uh, ambitious than most. Yeah, so whatever you dreams. think, whatever already exists, like 10 exit, and that's Cam's vision. <laughs> <laughs> hey, no, I like it. I mean, I'm I'm not ragging on it. It's it's very interesting, and I'd love to see it succeed. Uh, just trying to think through, but that's not my job. That's his, right, and his teams. Um, right. Well, I just I want to give him a shout out because I I'm supportive of the idea of people being inspired about the future. Um, that's partly why I wanted to write this book. So, uh, yeah the more people that are you know looking towards the future i think the better like our generation will feel about it because we already started the comp this podcast about like the doom and gloom of present day yeah <laughs> so we kind of need these people who are like look to the future it's going to be greater or better no i 100 percent. yeah hey cam good luck with this let us know if you want us to shout it out do some support in any way uh we got you you know uh, what else should we discuss there's a lot that's happened Lana Del Rey's album dropped yesterday oh yeah have you listened to it yeah oh she's my favorite artist that was I put it on the playlist I sat down in bed and I listened to it for an hour but I thought Taylor Swift was your favorite artist she's I mean she's up there I think Taylor Swift has such a big catalog that it's hard to say like all her stuff hits um Lana though like 95% hits but latest album was all right. And it was pretty good. It's not as good as her uh, NFR album, which I showed you when we were camping last year. It's probably my favorite album. I, that's what I enjoy about our, our trip is that um, we like take turns, like exposing each other to different like music genres we like. Yeah. And, like sit through the whole album, which I feel like doesn't happen too often. Um, but yeah, that Lana Del Rey, I remember that, that experience. Um yeah, I'll have to check it out. Let's check out yeah. the one. Didn't Taylor Swift, though, win, like, Best Artist or Best Music Album or something? I think so, for her Folklore album, which, if I'm be real, I think Folklore, I like the concept. She's branching in more of a folk direction, but there's so many artists who, who, like, aren't even, like, that small, I would say. They're not, like, small indie folk artists. They're just, like, pop folk artists, like, um, Phoebe Bridgers, she's been doing the folk thing for a while. And I think better than Taylor did in folklore, you know, Mumford and Sons, like, I think they actually got some Grammy noms too, but I don't know. I wasn't impressed by folklore. I thought it was a step in a cool direction. I thought it was nice. I, th I thought it was like a quarantine album, you know, like the artists who like record something during quarantine and put it out either for like their own enjoyment or for the, for the cash, mm -hmm. uh, Taylor, obviously a bit of both. It was all right. I liked Evermore better, which was her second album after Folklore um, during the pandemic. Oh, wow. She's been very busy. <laughs> yeah. Back-to-back -back albums in a year. Yeah. Well, I guess it's good on her for uh, for winning. And isn't she also like a free agent also, which is like a whole another thing. Like she doesn't have a music label anymore. So yeah. it's even more of a, an accomplishment. It's like She fun. owns... Like she owns her masters, um, which is like when the artists record, uh, it's, the recording belongs to whatever like studio, um, you know, like owns like her, her IP and all that. Mm -hmm. uh, so she had a falling out with her manager who apparently was a bully in a certain situation. Um, and then she bought all the rights back except for the rights to her first few albums, I think. So she's re-recording those. And basically it's called uh, like, so fearless, for example, it's called feelers, fearless Taylor's edition, uh, which I think is dope. I listened to one, like the only one that's out right now is love story Taylor's edition. 
that one is fire uh i like the original better because i think her voice hits the right notes better like it's got the instrumentation and it's like maybe it's just nostalgia but it's good it's good it's funny that the first edition isn't the taylor edition <laughs> right <laughs> yeah funny branding exercise um but that's yeah. cool yeah taylor yeah. I, don't, I don't know i think foo fighters came out with a new album and they're doing a tour and I, that's like one of the things that I would love to like see them live. They're like high on my list of um, bands I would, you know, pay to see in a heartbeat if things become better at the end of the year. Do you think so? If they're touring right now, they're expecting people to actually go to the shows, right? Yeah, they're touring like around Europe and like outside, not in the United States. So out here, we we are special in that we still suck. <laughs> so. Oh. That blows. Hey, you know what? Maybe when the tail end of the vaccine is rolling out, Foo Fighters will come back here and they'll play a show in like LA. But that's what I'm hoping for. I don't know if I'd want to see them in LA though, because I just don't feel safe around people. I like living in LA. Like you kind of realize that people are they in like two camps? You know, they know about COVID and they don't care, or they know about it and they do care. And it's pretty obvious when you're around people and I feel like going in a concert setting, you're going to encounter a lot of the people that don't care. So I'd rather not um, interact with them if I can help it. Hey, you got the vaccine though, right? 95% efficacy. Yes. And I wish that meant I can do things more, but I'm still living at home <laughs> with my family. So <laughs> I think we're both, we're both in the camp of, our actions impact the people we live with. So I'm probably going to be cautious for a while, unfortunately, mm. or fortunately, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you don't want to give your family COVID and all right, but eventually they will get the vaccine too. Even then, <laughs> even if they all get vaccinated, like there's still a chance you can get COVID, you know? So I'm, I'm going to play it safe until I think, I don't know. There's no reason why I need to go to a concert and like risk my family's lives at the same time. You know what I mean? Like, I, I feel like I need to be able to figure out how to do one or the other. <laughs> I, think, I think it may be possible to do both once the vaccine comes out. You know, like that 95% efficacy is pretty high. Like if you were a carrier of it and you brought it back, there still has to be a chance. I mean, there's that 5% chance you brought it back. And then on top of that, the 5% chance that it transmits to a family member. And then a 5% chance that they get it. Maybe the math is wrong there somewhere, but. It's, it's a slim chance. And I understand that, but um, no, better safe than sorry. That's true. That's true. Yeah. I like, I would love to like this year, start planning like trips, like to see you and like hang out with people. And, you know, I feel like so ready to just travel or do something that doesn't involve like, the hundred feet around me <laughs> <laughs> the little bubble we always have to put up and stuff yeah so i actually um i booked a this is like a future thing because i i really haven't been planning that much other than like my book being published in like august the only other thing that i've planned is september like labor day weekend i i booked one of these instagram campsite things i know you hate camping <laughs> I would I would invite you if you like wanted to go camping, <laughs> but um, it's it's in like San Diego and it's 160 acres in the middle of nowhere, and you have to like have a four wheel car. So I have to figure out that part of it. But wow. um, it just like seems like the coolest thing to do, which is still like COVID safe. And I would I could see myself like inviting a bunch of people and like having a great time for like three days. How is that COVID safe? First off, <laughs> COVID safe me. It's not away from. It's away from people like the like general public. It's not a concert. That's the COVID safe part. And uh, like by September, I'm hoping most people be vaccinated. So it'll be like a vaccinated only party. You know what I mean? Like that's that's the only way I can see it being COVID safe. Okay. Okay. So it's like you know, it's like you're wearing the wrong shoes. You're uh, <laughs> who do you know in here? It's like, yeah. oh, you're not vaccinated? Step back. Bring your thing. vaccinated card or you're not allowed in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Facts only, please. 
Yeah, but it doesn't need to be huge. I don't know. It just it was like an idea I had for something fun to look forward to, which I needed. <laughs> <laughs> so that that's a. Do you have any like plans for? I feel like September is far enough. You can like plan things. Do you do you think I'm wrong? September. No, I feel like September is a good one too, and I think that's also a good time frame for you to actually look forward to it, so you can really. Spend the next few months really tailoring yourself towards your goals and building up towards it, and then after you accomplish all that stuff, or not accomplish, but you know realistically, let's accomplish the goals. Then you like go to the Labor Day weekend, you have a good time and all. Sounds fun. Sounds like it'll be a good time. Yeah. So get vaccinated, and then you can come, and or you can stay in Airbnb and stay for one day, <laughs> <laughs> or sleep in the car. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I'll send you pictures. It's really cool. With the Instagram campsite, what do you mean Instagram? Is it like popular on Instagram? Lots of pictures? So there's like this trend of people showing off places they've traveled to. And they do it because people are like, you know, travel thirsty or whatever the word is. Um, they're hungry. Wanderlust, I believe. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, wanderlust, exactly. And so on Instagram, there's like these, you know, check out these top 10 places on instagram and um this was one of them and i was like oh that's in san diego i can make that work <laughs> and so um i booked it and i have not regretted booking it <laughs> i'm just gonna you know that that's like my dream though i want to like do that kind of stuff and so i'm like working my way towards it with that being like the first of many travel things that sounds dope i mean you pick something close by too which i think is a good way to go about it pilot yeah what is what is the place called i'm just curious i'm gonna look it up yeah it's uh i don't even remember the name of it right now but um i'll i'll like share it with you uh when i can like look at my phone and go through it i have the registration is it uh is it on a beach no it's like 160 acres in like the middle of um it's, it's like san diego so i wouldn't say the woods but <laughs> santee lakes joshua tree acres mm -mm. Mm. um here I'll, I'll look it up no i'm just curious uh, all good though but no this looks dope i mean the ones i'm looking at at least look dope joshua tree like i don't know what the real campsite looks like um i the website was called hip camp Oh, got it. Whiteside Mountain. Yes. Wait, that was Yo, it. This looks tight. Wow. This is this is really on a mountain. Yeah. Whiteside. Which is why I booked it. <laughs> <laughs> Look at these pictures. Wow. Someone really Instagrammed the, the hell out of this. Okay, so the shower's outdoors. Okay, got it. Uh I may be passing on this trip, but <laughs> happy to vc in yeah i think they said they have wi-fi somehow so oh oh do they yeah so uh, they have little pods where you can sit and work one of the amenities i i'm just looking forward to like being in a different environment <laughs> feel you on that we should in plan a trip sometime yeah, we, we should. I was thinking about that recently, too. I was like, when are we going to do this trip to uh, Asia that we talked about last year? Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess after the vaccine, but I'd be so down. I mean, like even Mexico, Lillian was talking about going to Tulum so we could even like fly out to Tulum and then come back. Where's Tulum? That's, uh, that would be Mexico. Oh, interesante. <laughs> see, see. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'd be down. Mexico. I need to brush up on our Spanish beforehand, but yeah, a lot of people going on trips and, and stuff right now. Um, but some places I feel like are more safe than others, especially with this whole wave of like anti-Asian crimes that have been going on lately. Um, you really got to pick and choose certain places, you know, San Francisco don't go New York city, you know, some places don't go. Um, it just depends where. Yeah. Do you know, like, where, like, I know recently there was, it was in Georgia, right? The, uh, this white 
terrorist motherfucker just decides to shoot up the place. Um, yeah. But you're saying in other places you should look out for that kind of activity too. Yeah, that's, I mean, we've been seeing the local news on this stuff. Um, SF is such a big uh, concentrated population of Asian people. So it's kind of shocking that it's happening there. Like people here are diverse. Like we know like how to treat each other in, in different environments and stuff. But the wave of anti-Asian hate here is just crazy. It's, um, I mean, this is what other races have been facing for a bunch of years. So it's interesting seeing the Asians experience it now. Like we used to be model minority and somehow now we're targeted. Uh, but hey, you just got to be safe. And for the for the Asian brothers and sisters out there, you know, be safe. Watch where you're walking. Um, and then also, you know, take a stand against it. Like go to your go to your council people. Give them a call. Uh, chat with the police. I think it's it's very clear. Uh, th- this is like a clear case of right and wrong, right? Like, don't hit Asian people. That's it. That's that's the moral like high ground there. Mm-hmm. Um, so if anyone breaches that, it's a very easy argument to say, just like, what are you doing? You're assaulting people like innocently. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe you can speak to this more, but you said that this is more of a recent phenomenon. Phenomenon. Would you say that like Trump has, you know, enraged people with like the China virus rhetoric? Is that part of it or is it even more than that? Oh, big facts. Um, <clears throat> I think definitely, yeah. That's if you're going up as a leader of a country where a lot of people listen to you. Um, I don't want to say blindly because a lot of people look at the news and stuff too, but a lot of people just generally trust what you say and you go up and you say, oh, China virus and you you know, speak derogatorily about a certain race or a group of people, people are going to, uh, you know, follow what you say. They're going to take that example since you're a beacon of, uh, of, of leadership. Um, and they're going to, they're going to apply that to their daily lives. So I think that's what's going on right now. I don't know the situation about the guy in Georgia, probably a lot of factors, obviously like, you know, Trump's not hundred percent of the factor. There's like a lot of stuff coming in. There's biases. There's a, the fact that the virus did originate in China. There's, um, you know, things like that, but he definitely exacerbated it. And I think he is a part of the blame. Uh, he's obviously not going to take responsibility. Like he's what, what he's dying right now. Like he's not on social media. He's not talking to anyone. Like he's been silenced. So we're not going to get a peep out of him. Um, but yeah, man, it's, it's crazy. Trump definitely stirred the fire there. Yeah. I mean, I think he's just really brought the worst out in people, but you know, I don't think he started the problem. I think he's more like a catalyst, right? Um, right? Like he's just he's saying things that other people were already feeling, and he kind of he became like their um, what's what's the word? Not not leader because he doesn't deserve that title. But um, you know, he was like the face of this thing for a while, and um, now that he's gone, I feel like people are still enraged and they're still like want to put their um, biases, as you said, to like certain things. And I think also mental health is like the worst that it's ever been because of the pandemic. Like I know a lot of people are struggling because of like the isolation and whatnot. And there's no excuse for taking it out on other groups of people. Um, But we're kind of living in a failed state where it's it's complex where you can't just like point the finger at like one thing. Um, There's like a lot of factors that go into the problem and Trump is a big factor, I think, but you know, our healthcare, you can point to that as another example of how we just failed people who are dying. Um, But I don't know, maybe you can talk to more about that. Um, Do you think there are other factors? Um, Well, I think to back up just, a bit on that. What's interesting is the Asian community isn't as, um, you know, singularly politically leaning as others, like, because we've been looked at the model minority for so long. And because our, our values are very, very traditional, um, as Asians, and I don't speak for all Asians, it's just, you know, cultural thing. Um, we, we don't tend to fall left or empathize with a a lot of the challenges that other races and other, you know, social groups may, may face. Um, so like, I, I know a lot of, Asian people um, that I'm familiar with during like the whole like BLM movement stuff, 
uh, they weren't for it because they're like, why do you need BLM? Like, who cares about this stuff? All lives obviously should matter. Things like that, right? But now when they realize, oh, we're being targeted by race crimes, suddenly the narrative flips a little bit. Um, and so I think it's what's going on right now is a lot of shifting in, in the Asian community's heads about, hey, we're being unfairly targeted. Um, and then other races are saying, hey, well, I hate that you're you know, experiencing this and we're going to stand up for you and make sure it doesn't happen. But also just keep in mind, this happens to us all the time and you like held us back. Um, so I think this, is, this might be a nice turning point to see social justice for a specific group being brought forward. But as, as far as other factors, um, I don't know, man. It just, it seems like an innocent thing. It's, it's not like Asian people are going out like not wearing masks and they're getting beat because they don't wear masks. It's the opposite. So maybe I'm biased. I'm, I'm part of the victim group. And so you can't really take my statement as word. I think you might need to find an impartial party, but that's what we're seeing. Yeah. But I think that's the thing is like, no one's really impartial to what's happening. Um, I mean, I would say that the common denominator is white people. <laughs> that seems, <laughs> I shouldn't even laugh. Cause it's like, it's like a shitty truth is that I'm in the group of people that seems to be doing most of the terrorism recently. <laughs> um, yeah. Like it's not, you don't see like black cops killing black, like black people. It's white cops. Um, same thing with like these other uh, racist, like systems that we've built over like, generations um it's to prop up like whites and you can tell with capital right it's like they got into the fucking you know the capital police let them in yeah they let them in they're like oh like we're not gonna kill these people like if those were black people that were rioting violently rioting it would have been a bloodbath but because they're white it was like oh we, we have to show restraint so there's a it's like a double standard and it's it's hard. Um, or I don't know what to do because like, I I'm kind of benefiting from this system that's existed before I was born, but, um, it's, I see it like affecting my friends and I don't like, I don't approve of it. I don't know. Like how, how, how should we like proceed so that this doesn't keep going for like more generations? I, I mean, some people say it's, it has to be a generational shift. There needs to be a big movement where, people just internally see and realize, uh, you know, as the old die out, the traditional beliefs die out and modern views come to take hold. Um, I think that's, that's the easy answer, but the tough answer is making things move faster and organically. Uh, I, I don't have the solution. I don't know. I think we should, I mean, we should watch a lot of, you know, DEI documentaries and stuff to learn more, but it's tough. Yeah. How I would mean, you move it? Education is definitely important. I, I feel yeah. like the, like we're people talk about reform and I think that's another important thing. Like we need to reform these systems that aren't working, but um, I feel like we need to like be more extreme than that. Cause like when you think about like civil rights, for example, you know, you had like the Malcolm X group and the MLK group, like working together, like in tandem, like I think Malcolm X is more the extreme with like the black Panther party where they weren't afraid to like kind of stick up for themselves and like be more violent, quote unquote. Um, I just watched a movie about that and they weren't that violent. Like they're actually like really supportive of their own communities. So fuck these white people retelling history. Anyways. Um, so <laughs> I think we need like multiple fronts is what I'm saying. Like we need people focusing on education, people focusing on reform and we need people that are like reimagining the future where we don't even use these same old antiquated systems and things that kind of, you know, utilize the internet and, you know, equality and all those things that um, that's, that's how I see our generation making an impact is that we can really change the narrative of, Oh, we need to like fix certain things. No, let's just like reinvent this whole fucking thing. I think that's the best way forward, but I don't know. Yeah, no, it makes sense. Need a multi-pronged approach. There's no one-size solution here. It's it's a lot of different movements working together to push a common, you know, a common factor. Yeah. All right. Well, I think I think we uh, this is obviously gonna be like an ongoing conversation. I don't I don't think this. 
I, I don't think it's going to go away anytime soon. So maybe we should have like more people that we bring on to like talk about it from like a different perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Atul has a lot of opinions about this, so he can probably talk. May has tons of opinions. She works in the healthcare space too. Judy, yeah. you know, all Asian, all experience in the stuff, all in cities. Yeah, definitely. That'd be, that'd be cool. Um, should we switch gears to something more fun? <laughs> yes, sir. Let's do it. Okay. Awesome. All right. Are you ready for some love language questions? <laughs> love languages. Let's get it. Yeah. It's based on a book and basically they, they, the idea is that there are five basic love languages and Tim and I are about to take the love language quiz, which you can find uh, for free uh, to find out what your love languages are. So let's get into it. Uh, first question. Uh, it's more meaningful to me when, Someone I love sends me a loving note, text, email for no special reason, or I hug someone I love. I'm going to say hug. <laughs> I'm, I'm going with a hug too. It's more meaningful to me when I can spend time alone time with someone I love, just us, or someone I love does something practical to help me out. Uh, I think alone time for me. I feel like this one's tough. Like it depends what stage of the relationship. If we're deep in that relationship, man, I want second. I want the, someone to do something practical. But if it's like, I don't know, getting into it, I really, I like the alone time. I'll go with the first one. Some of these are very uh, difficult. Uh, it's more meaningful to me when someone I love gives me a little gift as a token of our love, of concern for each other, or I get to spend uninterrupted leisure time with those I love. Uh, I would say the leisure time. Yeah, I'm going with that one too. I don't really care about the gifts and stuff. It's more meaningful to me when someone I love does something unexpected for me to help me with a project, or I can share an innocent touch with someone I love. That's so wholesome. What are you going to do? I'm going with that first one. I just, I mean, the innocent touch, like I, I respect it, but also I, why is it an innocent touch? Why couldn't it be laced with something a little bit more? I know I'm, I'm reading that and the innocent is throwing me off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what's the what's the alternative? A, a forceful touch, <laughs> <laughs> a gentle shove. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna go with that. Um, well, I know. All right. So basically, I know it's like physical touch or the alternative, which is the. Uh, hey, don't spoil it. Don't spoil it. Oh, don't spoil. I'm not analyzing it that way. All right, I'm gonna go with the innocent touch, but it's like worded weirdly for me. <laughs> <laughs> I feel you on there. Um, I mean, more, what? No, I mean, like, no, I, I was saying makes sense. I agree. Yeah. It's more meaningful to me when someone I love puts their arm around me in public or someone I love surprises me with a gift. Mm. Like PDA versus uh, Christmas day. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess it's not a surprise on Christmas. All right. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, arm around you. <laughs> I'm yeah really i'm all in on pda it's more meaningful to me when i'm around someone i love even if we're not really doing anything or i can be comfortable holding hands high-fiving or putting my arm around someone i love I, I feel like these are pretty similar um i think for me it's the first one comfortable holding hands <laughs> who are who are you not comfortable high-fiving <laughs> if you're yeah if you're not comfortable high-fiving your girl or guy i mean yeah well, now I don't want to touch anyone because of COVID. So, <laughs> <laughs> Good call. All right. Well, in that case, I don't want to be around anyone. <laughs> All right. Don't, don't think about this in terms of COVID if you can help. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going with the second one. Okay. Is it my turn? To read? Yeah. All right. It's more meaningful to me when I receive a gift from someone I love or I hear from someone I love that they love me. Um i feel like no one's ever said that to me so <laughs> <laughs> okay uh, lack of affection is fine yeah i, I imagine it would feel good that. <laughs> <laughs> i yeah i mean like how many of these have been gifts like i've already said no to the gift one why are you giving me gift questions i'm going with the second you're gonna keep giving you gift questions until you say yes <laughs> <laughs> Would you say that's the gift that keeps on gifting? 
Yeah, are you grifter now? <laughs> Gifting grifter. <laughs> it's more meaningful to me when I sit close to someone I love or I'm complimented by someone I love for no apparent reason. I'm easy number two for me. Mm, I, I don't know. I think the physical for me is still more important. All right. Uh, it's more meaningful to me when I get the chance to just hang out with someone I love or I unexpectedly get small gifts from someone I love. I think the chance to hang out for me, that's like the gift. So, yeah. What about you? Oh, that's so kind. Um, I don't know. I kind of like the hanging part. Like I, I like that, but also like a small gift could be like getting home and, uh, and your girl makes you guacamole. Like that to me is, is far better than just, you know, hanging out. I'd much rather hang out with guac than hang out. Mm. So I'm going to go with two. Right. Yes. If, if they, if they said with guac, I would have chose that one. <laughs> <laughs> I see. You don't want to spend that $2 at Chipotle for guac. I'm going to get Chipotle tonight now. <laughs> All this it's more meaningful. Time. It's more meaningful to me when I hear someone I love tell me, I'm proud of you or someone I love helps me with a task. I'm going to say the proud of you. I like, I'm inclined to go that direction also, but. Then what if they make guac for you, Tim? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, what if the task is making guac? <laughs> what if I just really can't chop that avocado right now? You're busy working. Uh, Tim would really appreciate guac after a hard day's work. (laughs) (laughs) Get through my heart with avocado. Uh, I'll just go with, I'll just go with the number one. It's more meaningful to me when I get to do things with someone I love or I hear supportive words from someone I love. I'm going to, I prefer action over talk. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a simp for words. I'm going with two. Right. It's more meaningful to me when someone I love does things for me instead of just talking about doing nice things or I feel connected to someone I love through a hug. This is both you, by the way. You just said this. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're like challenging me on this one. Um, a hug is nice, but they just, they're doing something for me. I got it. Yeah, I'm going with that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, agreed. It's more meaningful to me when I hear praise from someone I love or someone I love gives me something that shows they were really thinking about me. Um, I'm going to go with the second one. Second one's really cute. I'm going to go with number one. It's more meaningful to me when I'm able to just be around someone I love or I get a back rub from someone I love. Give me that back rub. <laughs> yeah, I think that back rub. I need. <laughs> I'm starting to want a back rub right now. So. <laughs> Um, it's more meaningful to me when someone I love reacts positively to something I've accomplished or someone I love does something for me that I know they don't particularly enjoy. These are pretty different. <laughs> like this. I don't know. One of them, one of them's a little rapey. Yeah. I was getting rapey vibes too, but I don't think they mean it that way. It's yeah. like, it's like if they didn't like guac, but they made you guac anyways. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what I'm thinking. You know, like they don't like the beach, but they know you like the beach, so they take you there type of thing. Yeah. I'm going with the first one. I know. I, but like the alternative is like what they react negatively to something accomplished. Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to go with the second. It's like, yeah, you got second place. Your book didn't hit the New York Times number one bestseller. Awful. Yeah. No, it would be like, oh, you wrote a book? Good job. Let's talk about me now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I used to know someone like that. He's like, you're gone. <laughs> <laughs> it's more meaningful to me when I'm able to live in close physical proximity to someone I love or I sense someone I love showing interest in the things I care about. It's, oh, that's a, that's a good one. I like number two. Close proximity. Yeah, I'm going to go number two also. It's more meaningful to me when someone I love works on special projects with me that I have to complete or someone I love gives me an exciting gift. Mm. Don't give me work. I don't like that first one. I have to complete. I respect like the fact that we, we do things together, special projects, like build a birdhouse, build a table. Like that's cute. I don't want to finish it if we can't finish it. Yeah. It does seem kind of like forced. What's the, what's the expression? Like, uh, if you force it, 
it's just shit or something the love (laughs) (laughs) is that is that coming from the brain of ethan turr i'm I'm paraphrasing a bit um okay i'm gonna pick the gift one nice it's more meaningful to me when i'm complimented by someone i love on my appearance or someone i love takes the time to listen to me and really understand my feelings i mean I, i don't know this seems cut and dry I would really like to date my therapist. <laughs> <laughs> your, your your girl should be your therapist. Yeah, right. Free therapy. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Every day. <laughs> uh, it's more meaningful to me when I can share a meaningful touch in public with someone I love or someone I love offers to run errands for me. I think the meaningful touch is making me go that direction. <laughs> errands I don't want to do the errands. I like errands. <laughs> It's more meaningful to me when someone I love does something special for me to help me out, or I get a gift that someone I love put thought into choosing. First one. I think the thought into choosing for me. All right. It's more meaningful to me when someone I love does, doesn't does check their phone while, they're, while we're talking with each other. Someone I love goes out of their way to do something that relieves pressure on me. Do you get the sexual in- innuendo on the second <laughs> I like the relief pressure thing. Is yeah, that that, I really that was the first thing that popped into my head. <laughs> um, you need to take some PRL for your brain. Yeah, right. Yeah, I love my right hand. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, so you'll have money wrapped around that right hand though. Oh uh, gosh! Shout out to the next gold rush. I'm going with the second. I don't care about the phone thing. Like I, I know that's a thing. Like people, uh, people are mad about, but I don't mind the phone thing. Yeah, I think that's more normal for our generation. Um, yeah, it's more meaningful to me when I can look forward to a holiday because I'll probably get a gift from someone I love, or I hear the words "I appreciate you" from someone I love. These wordings just seem a little bit like I've never had someone say "I appreciate you" like just straight up. You know, it's like. It's always paraphrased. Yeah. But the second. You're picking the second one? Yeah. I'm going to go with the first one, but I don't know. It could go either way. It's like really close for me. I feel like it's interesting because we're, we're kind of seeing the range. Like, because obviously people pick the gift one a lot, right? So there's a lot of people in the world who like appreciate that stuff. So it's kind of nice knowing that. You, know, you can't really treat everyone with the same love language you do. You really have to acclimate to what other people speak in terms of a love language. Yeah, I'm excited to see our results. We're like 73% of the way done. So, yeah. All right, let's uh, see if we can end it. It's more meaningful to me when someone I love and haven't seen thinks enough of me to give me a little gift or takes care of something I'm responsible to do, but I'm too stressed to do at the time. Second one. Yeah, second one for me too. It's more meaningful to me when someone I love doesn't interrupt me while I'm talking or gift giving is an important part of the relationship with someone I love. That's like more of a statement. This yeah. <laughs> they're not lazy with that. <laughs> they're like, we're, at, we're done coming with gift ones. Let's just what intern made this. <laughs> yeah, right. um, I don't, I don't like... care about either. I don't like being interrupted. <laughs> 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 that was, that are you sure about that perfectly on are you sure about that yeah are yeah. you sure about that uh, moo <laughs> what's that <laughs> joke um what was the interrupting cow Dude, never mind i just ruined the punchline all right <laughs> uh, i'll never know it i will go i don't care about the interrupting so i'm just gonna go with the gift giving even i mean it's not important to me either i'm just gonna go with the first one i don't i really don't care about the gift giving it's more meaningful to me when someone I love helps me out when they already know I'm tired, when they know I'm already tired, or I get to go somewhere while spending time with someone I love. Oh, I want to go with the second one. That's really cute. Yeah, second one. It's more meaningful to me when someone I love touches my arm or shoulder to show their care or concern, or someone I love gives me a little gift that they picked up in the course of their normal day. I feel like it'd be more meaningful the first one. Same, same. Someone I love says something encouraging or I get to spend 
time and a shared activity or hobby with someone I love. Definitely second. That's like, I mean, that's pinnacle of a relationship, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't need everyone to agree. It's. <laughs> <laughs> I'm picking the second one too. I just was trying to think of the first one applied to me, but um, it's more meaningful to me when someone I love surprises me with a small token of their appreciation or I'm touching someone I love frequently to express our friendship. Friendship uh, piece. That... <laughs> it's like a friendship pat on the back. <laughs> it's like, a hey, good job, buddy. Yeah. You want to like wrestle their hair a bit. <laughs> like with... like, nice job, sport type of thing, you know? Yeah. It's, I it's guess weird. the second one. I know the frequent and friendship though, like they just word it so strangely. <laughs> yeah. This intern, whoever made this. It's more meaningful to me when someone I love helps me out, especially if I know they're already busy or I hear someone I love tell me they appreciate me. I just feel guilty about the first one. If you're busy, you should focus on your thing. Like I'll come and help you. I gotta go with the second. I know that it's like the words of affirmation versus, uh, I'm gonna go with the first one. All right, we're almost done at 97%. I think this is the last question. Nice. Uh, it's more meaningful to me when I get a hug from someone who I haven't seen in a while or I hear someone I love tell me how much I mean to him, her. Oh, this is a tough one. Fuck. Second one. I'm, I'm on that second. Boom. I'm like thinking of like the rom-com moment where like you get it off the airplane and you like, you know, embrace each other with like a big hug. Oh, but that's really sweet. I, I think that that ha ah, so close. All right. I'm just going to get the second one. All right. Ready for these results? Yes, sir. All right. Wow. I actually am not surprised. <laughs> what was your top one? Your top love language? 100% gift giving. Wait, are you joking? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I'm 7% I'm receiving gifts. 20% <laughs> acts of service. 20% uh, physical touch. 23 quality time and then 30 words of affirmation. Mm. I like your results, Tim. You did a good job on this test. <laughs> Are they the same as yours? Uh, no, they're not. Um, my top one is quality time. I got 33%. And then second place is physical touch, 27%. And then third place is acts of service, 17%. And then 13% receiving gifts and 10% words of affirmation. So whoa, that seems Very interesting on par with the other times I've taken this test. By the way, I feel like once you've taken this test, you're kind of like jaded. <laughs> so maybe it'll be different for people who like don't know anything about it going into it. Interesting. Yeah. Cause I guess if you know the answer, you're like, Oh, it's words of affirmation versus, you know, acts of service in the question. Yeah. I mean, I think it makes sense. Quality time and physical touch are like things that I enjoy doing with people. That sounded rapey. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but it's quality time. It's not that, you know, half-baked time. Right, exactly. I, I think there's there's something to be said about like the the building of the relationship is like the gift, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but it's weird that for me, the last one is words of affirmation. Like, I feel like I can't take um, compliments well. I feel like it just it like makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> uh, but I don't mind like the good job high five. <laughs> <laughs> the pat on the back. Yeah, right. But what about you? If you're going to like analyze yourself. So you said your number one was acts of service, right? Words of affirmation. Words of affirmation. Wow, wait, you like that. My last one is your top one. Yeah, I was surprised. That's crazy. Huh. Uh, hey, we're not meant to be. Well, no, that so here's the here's the takeaway from this, which is I'm glad you brought this up. The point isn't that like, oh, if our love languages don't match 100 percent then we're not meant to be. It's more now you understand how your partner receives love. And so if Tim really needs to hear from his partner, you know, I love you, I appreciate you and all those things, then now they know to do those 
you know what i mean so that's that's how you that's how they have to like show their love and now you know for me that i just want to like be around you 24 7 and maybe not 24 7 but you know what i mean like be around the people i love and that's how i receive love it's just to be like experiencing something with them um so it's just like it's not compatibility that's not what the point of this test is it's about um you know knowing the people that you um interact with and what you can do to better um accommodate their love languages that's so nice i feel like that's actionable that's very actionable yeah so what do you what at do you the think? same time like if you think about it i don't like giving gifts so it doesn't matter if my partner enjoy it. it's like 99% receiving gifts like if i don't like giving gifts there may be some incompatibility there right yeah i mean it's that's true it it's i mean all relationships take work though right like it's yeah it's not like just because you both have quality time or words of affirmation as like your top love language doesn't mean that it's going to just be an easy relationship um, right and so i think knowing this i think kind of adds an extra layer of understanding your partner that um which is why I enjoy taking this test and talking about it with people I date. Yeah, this is no, this is sick. Um, oh, thanks for showing me this. This is this is dope. I think there may be some like nice choices with compatibility. If someone's like, oh yeah, I'm all about acts of service, and like I don't like acts, of, I don't like performing acts of service, <laughs> then it would be a clear sign that's like, hey, maybe, well, like, it's it's all a trade off, right? Like, if it's really good, like if she's if she's the one. You know, then may need to bump up my access service. That's like that's where the work comes in. It's really, it's on it's on you as the person like leading this life and pushing the relationship forward, whether you want to go forward with it or not. That's just a trade off you have to make. Um, uh, so I guess yeah. it's a good gauge to see if it's how hard is it going to be. That's that's true. I mean, people like <laughs> we might do this in future like podcast episodes, but. Um, people take like the Myers-Briggs and there's other compatibility tests, astrology signs, like I'm a Sagittarius. And I know people really lean into those tests to like find out if they're compatible. Um, but at the end of the day, kind of like what you're saying is like, are you willing to do the work, right? Like that's right. that's kind of like the question. Like a test can only tell you so much, but the actual process of... Um, loving someone like that doesn't just happen overnight so it's good to know no it's big facts here i know so now any future partners we have we'll tell them to listen to this part of the podcast exactly (laughs) ladies please just compliment me i just just tell me i'm good yeah make tim some guac and tell him how nice (laughs) nicely dressed he is (laughs) (laughs) i know you're great babe (laughs) Now you work hard on those fits. Oh, we're we're running out of time. So Ooh, Zoom. No, that was that was a fun activity though. Yeah. Uh, do you want to talk about your book next? I feel like there's a lot of stuff there, a lot of progress. Yeah, let me do a quick like just what I've been doing recently. Um, so I finished the manuscripts. I wrote forty one thousand words, like over forty one thousand words, which was like insane. Um, I had never liked writing <laughs> in school, but you know, when you're writing for yourself and things you're interested in, it's not as hard as you might imagine it to be. Um, so I send that to my publisher right now. I have, um, an acquiring editor reading through my manuscript and providing feedback. So over the course of the program I'm in, there will be five, edit- five editors who go through my manuscripts and provide me feedback along the way. So I'm hoping that by August, which is when I plan to publish, I'll have like a really quality book. Um, the other part that I'm doing right now is getting ready for uh, my pre-launch campaign, which starts in like early April or the end of March. I haven't decided yet, but um, I'm going on podcasts actually to talk about my book. And so I'm really excited. I've, I've already gone on one podcast. Um, I reached out on like Facebook and then uh there's another podcast, which is like one of the biggest crypto podcasts um, on the internet. It's called the Bad Crypto Podcast. And they have like over 500 episodes. And I reached out to them and they're going to have me on. And so I'm excited to 
you know, continue this journey and talk to people about my book and my ideas that inspired me to write this book. That's amazing. You're almost there. So what state are you in right now? Is it your pre-launch? Like, what? what exactly? I guess I'm like in pre-pre-launch because I'm like getting ready to launch like the, so basically the pre-launch campaign is on Indiegogo. And the idea is that I would sell like pre-orders and that would help me pay for like the publishing costs that I have to uh, incur in order for like the book to actually be created in August. So that's, that's the next part of this. And so I'm kind of gearing up towards that with um, my social media campaigns that I've been running and then also the podcast stuff that I'm doing right now. So that's like the state I'm in. I feel like that's so much. There's a, there's a lot to do before then. Yeah, I know. I created like an author snapshot. I, I was really inspired by another author in the community I'm in. And he already published his book. Um, actually, I recommend it. It's called The The Optimizer. Um, it's about like leadership and ways that people can um, think about, you know, how to be better leaders. And uh, he's on podcasts right now. And so he recommended to me that I create like this author snapshot that I send to podcasts so that they'll have me on. I love it. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking at this right now. Really well done. Um, nice picture, by the way. Nice author picture. Where was that taken? <laughs> yeah, that's a funny story. Um, so I took that picture like pre-pandemic. Uh, basically, it's at Pirate's Cove. Uh, are you familiar with Pirate's Cove, Tim? <laughs> uh, isn't that the nude beach in San Luis Obispo? It's clothing optional. So yeah, it's a clothing clothing optional beach. And I was taken in the, the background is that um, area where you can take your clothes off legally in that area. So you don't actually see any naked people, but it's funny uh, to know that that's where I took that professional picture that you're looking at. <laughs> and it's a great shot too. I mean, very nice photo. Yeah, shout that out to um, Karim who took the picture of me. Um, and he's like trying to become like a professional photographer. So I should get his socials and share them with everyone. I think it's like Karim Rivera, Rivera. Shadow Karim. Ethan, Ethan will post that info in the podcast description. Uh, guaranteed Karim. Yeah. Um, but, but to your book, I'm just curious. Um, it's about crypto and uh, I'm looking at this here, the sheet there's crypto curious, which explains the basics crypto conscious, which is relevancy to daily life and how it disrupts the industry and then crypto capitalist for people who actually want to invest in crypto. What's what's sort of the big idea behind this? And how do you think crypto is going to change in the next few uh, years or so? Yeah, so what you just described are like the three sections of the book. So I created it with the like, the audience in mind, you know, like, if you're reading this, I assume that you don't know anything about cryptocurrency when you start. And so eventually you get to the point where you will understand the advanced topics at the end of the book. Um, so that's the first part. The second part to your question, the big idea to my book, which I think I've talked about before on this podcast, is the idea that you can invest in people in the future. Um, the way I like to explain it is that right now, currency, um, for the most part, is like a national thing, right? Like the U.S. government creates a national currency. And now with cryptocurrency, companies can create their own currency. So that's like a relatively new idea that a company could have their own like coin. Um, but I think in the future where this um, space is going is that people will be able to create their own currency. And like, that's what I'm excited for. That's the big idea. And I like, I kind of play out different scenarios in my book of how that might work in reality. Interesting. Okay. And when you say each person gets invested in their own crypto, um, what does that mean? Yeah. So, you know, right now we could create like a TTOX coin if we wanted to, right? That's, that's what exists right now with like um, Ethereum. You could create a, a currency that way. But what you can't do is create a Tim coin and an Ethan coin. And that currency is, would allow us to like become like entrepreneurs essentially and buy and sell each other's currency. So if our audience wanted to invest in us, they don't really have a way to do that except for like sending us money through like Venmo or Patreon or something. Um, but if we had a currency, people can like invest in our coin and they could actually benefit 
financially from the appreciation of our coins value. So is it kind of like a stock? Um, you, we're basically creating another security market where people invest in other people instead of investing a stock. Yeah, I, I think this is like a stock market for people. And if you play out that scenario to it's like extreme and you have like 8 billion coins, like that's going to be way bigger than the stock market. So this, this idea is potentially very, very big. And so you can use these coins anywhere. Like you go to a Starbucks, you're like, hey, I got an Ethan coin. Do they accept it because it's part of the Ethereum network, essentially? Yeah, that would be an interesting way to see how it's like becomes a medium of exchange. I think Bitcoin, like there still needs to be a lot of infrastructure in place for even Bitcoin to be accepted at places, but eventually it will become the norm. And so that's the goal is that you'd be able to use your own currency to buy and sell things uh, just like you do with, you know, the US dollar. Crazy. And that's going to transcend like global domains, right? It's not like, oh, Euro, a Euro version of the Ethan coins, Ethan coin singular. Yeah, I think cryptocurrency has the potential to become the next global reserve currency. Um, I don't know if it's going to be this idea or Bitcoin or something else, but um, in general, I think that's where we're headed. So there's a lot of really interesting concepts you brought up. Um, I'm already seeing sort of what makes this a bit unique, but to all the people who are looking at this cover and saying, hey, everyone talks about crypto, everyone talks about Bitcoin, why can't I just pull up a white paper and read about it? What's unique about your book? Yeah, I think the thing that makes my book unique is how I tackled certain topics. So instead of just giving you like the Wikipedia definition of something, I like to explain things in the story context. So I've interviewed a lot of people in the cryptocurrency space. I've learned about their stories and how they become inspired about crypto. And I use those stories as a way to explain concepts like blockchain technology. And um, I think that's how my book is unique is that I'm trying to make it entertaining at every point of the book. And I'm not going to just like throw, you know, terms at you for no reason. So bringing in your comedy factor there too, your inherent personality. Yeah, it's very conversational. I, I think I'm pretty good at conversing. So I'm trying to make a book that will feel like you're talking about crypto. I love it. I love it. I'm hyped to read it. This is, this is only a few more months. All right. I think we're running out of time on today's episode, but uh, yeah, thanks for uh, asking me these questions and I hope you check out my campaign when it eventually does launch. Um, any last words, Tim? <laughs> uh, no, just aside from that, thanks everyone for watching. Uh, thanks for being here and we'll be back next time with a special guest star. Oh yeah. Thanks everyone. Have a great rest of the week. See you on.